0: We lose ourselves in books, we find ourselves there too. Top 5 Books for Lent 2020 with Michael Maramey. Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Well, hello, this is Tommy Doan, the Director of Evangelization here at St. Basil's, and I'm joined by a guy who doesn't just read books, doesn't just own books, or love books, but works for a Catholic book publisher, Michael Merrimy. Hey, guys. How you doing? Gosh, I just met you like a year ago, Yeah, and I barely even know who you are. We just spent a couple minutes here uh, getting to know each other, but I met you through the Marriages of Grace Conference.
1: Yes, Yes, so my parents um, run a Marriages of Grace event, and you showed up last year. Uh, this year, I think they're actually maxed out, which is great. Fantastic news. First year that they've done it in, I don't know, 10 years of the ministry.
0: Wow, awesome.
1: Um, yeah, this is a great like marriage ministry. is trying to like strengthen and enrich Catholic marriages and families.
0: So you can find out more about that and maybe pick up the last remaining spot at yeah. marriagesofgrace.com. Com or org. Com or org. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to be certain on that one. What we'll it dot I'm com org. org? Marriages of <laughs> .com. and it's local. It's it an is ind- local. Independence, right?
1: Yeah. So the the events at uh, I think it's the Double Tree in Independence. Yeah, the marriage ministry is kind of starting to spread a little bit around Cleveland. I mean, with different Canaanites that are held every month or so. One of them, you know, you spoke at in uh, Fairview Park. Those are starting to happen. Um, we'll be picking up over the next year. So you can find those same thing. Find, find all that kind of information at marriagesofgrace.com or org. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you work for a Catholic book publisher really close by.
1: I do. Yeah. Scepter Publishers, which is a uh, small postulate publisher that publishes books mainly for people to find and to draw near to God in their everyday life. So I like to refer to a lot of our stuff as written spiritual direction. Hmm. About three years ago, uh, four years ago now, we moved from New Rochelle, New York, right outside of New York City to Cleveland, Ohio. The, the president of the company um, lives in Strongsville. Hmm. And so he moved the company to this area and we've been based out of this area ever since.
0: So are you saying that there are certain topics or genres that you feel separate? purposely doesn't get into or specialize in yes they wouldn't do theology textbooks is that what you're saying
1: and we have a couple but in general what we get into is mainly interior life so written spiritual direction or uh kind of um you know there's no, no like term for this i guess but application theology so kind of that spiritual so books for fathers right you know, and, and it's more for, you know, apostle, like you have a friend. Who, like fathers of families. Yeah, like fathers okay. of families. You know, you have a friend who's, you know, a father, but, you know, a young, young guy who just became a dad, hasn't been to mass in a while and is looking, you know, is not totally interested in the church at all, but, you know, wants to be a good father. I mean, just had a child and is is really wondering, you know, how am I going to do this? Like, how mm-hmm. am I going to be a good dad? Or say they just got married and they're wondering, you know, how, how am I going to live a good marriage? And so we have kind of books, kind of practical books that are practical, but kind of sprinkle in the faith, sprinkle in kind of that interior Hmm. life to um, that, you know, you or I could go and take one of those books or anybody listening could, you know, grab a book and go to their friend and say, hey, you know, I, you know, I know you just became a father. You know, here's a, here's a great book on fatherhood. If you're, if you're interested in reading it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Let me know what you think. Yeah. Just kind of like an introduction to what the faith might and what the church and what God has to say about. Um, our marriages and our and our and our human
0: life. That's awesome. So your bread and butter is sort of the interior life, and we'll get into some some top five books that you're going to recommend for us this Lent. Yeah. But first, I just want to talk about books in general. There was a quote I came across the other day that said, "We read to know that we are not alone."
1: Yeah, we- that really struck me when I was uh, when I you'd sent me that quote. That's a beautiful quote. Have you ever read C.S. Lewis's The Four Loves by Chance? No. Probably one of the most beautiful chapters. If you read nothing else of that book, just read the chapter on friendship. He talks about the love of friendship. And it is, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful chapters of a book ever written. Wow. Absolutely beautiful on friendship. But in it, he talks about that moment. That you become friends. And he says that it's it's that moment when somebody shares something in their heart, and it's that saying of, Oh, you too? Like, oh my gosh, you too. You know, there's something deep inside of me that I have now just found in you. And so yeah. there's this mutual sharing of a a love, a mutual love that the two people begin to share in. And, and that's where friendship blossoms from. And so I thought about that, that when you said the we read to know that we are not alone friendship. I mean, you know, they say, you know, a good book can become a good friend if it's truly a good author Right, um, they right they're gonna be sharing something about their heart and I think when we when're reading a book if it's if it's a book meant for our hearts we're gonna find something in that book that our hearts go oh my gosh me too you know me too and and then you realize that you're not alone in this journey your your heart is not alone mm-hmm.
0: and you've found a friend in the in the author or in the character or even just a friend with an idea that you had sort of formulated in your own mind yeah. but then you find that a great author articulates it better than you've e- you ever have or you ever could
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: i've been reading about this loneliness epidemic we've got going on in america especially with millennials yeah. i saw a headline a couple months ago that said 25 percent of millennials don't have any friends yeah like zero friends and wow. we have a lot of our storytelling through TV and movie, just more than ever before. I mean, you can just watch whole movies on your phone if you wanted, but TV is just such a different experience than reading a book. I think a lot of people would say that. How do you think that that's different? How a book can play a different sort of role in our emotional or, or psychological life?
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty shocking, actually. 25% of millennials, I I, I believe it. Completely believe it i'm twenty five myself, so i'm not a I'm not that old. You know, I think the invention of you know these cell phones and the computers and all the internet you know it's supposed to make us feel more connected, but oftentimes it doesn't. I mean, I spoke to a friend the other day after one of the talk I went out and just grabbed a drink, and you know we we're both kind of sitting there and I'm like, man, have you been kind of just feeling lonely recently, and we just start kind of sharing our hearts with each other and and he was kind of just sharing with me, you know, his, his, you know, he just feels so sped up with, you know, so much work to do and so much school and all this stuff going on. And yet, like, he's just desiring communion. Like he just desires this, this friendship, this community. And I've very much been in the same place for whatever reason the past couple of months. I mean, I've just kind of hit this dry spell. But after he spoke, I just said, you know, man, do you ever just struggle to reach out? Like, do you ever just like as a young person, like, do you ever just struggle to just reach out? And I think there's something where with the phones, it creates like a barrier almost where it's like, you know, it's supposed to be that we reach out to somebody and connect with them, but we start to feel as though we're, we, it's like imposing to ask somebody to come and meet with us face to face, to go get a drink, to just hang out at our house, you know, to, you know, Hey man, can I just come over for, you know, an hour? It's almost like the phone has become a a way to avoid being around people. And so you you feel as though everybody else just wants to be alone on their phones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I sent you this outline for what we're going to talk about today a couple of days ago, you know, I emailed it to you, and you called me to talk about it. And I was like, yeah. Hey, I like that. <laughs> hey, you didn't just email me back. <laughs> oh man. But then I was like, Wait a minute. I don't. <laughs> every time I forget what we talk about on the phone, <laughs> I'm like, I don't have the record because <laughs> it's not an email. Yeah. But I definitely liked it.
1: In, and you were talking before the original question was, you know, what, um, the loneliness epidemic in America and the TV and why, you know, what's different and what's, I honestly think that it has to do with that kind of friendship. If there's something true or good or beautiful in a book, it's some, something that is reminding us of God and his, his creation and his goodness and his truth that's going to be found in the world or in other people or in, you know, and contemplating a sunset or just, just looking at it. Right. And I think books share those parts of a person's heart with us and then we relate to them. And so we don't feel alone anymore. And I think it's so necessary for psychological and emotional health. I think it's incredibly important to not
0: feel alone. Mm-hmm. Not that books are a substitute for friends, but it's just another way to have that connection yeah, and to, and to feel it. They
1: they quiet us. They do. They slow us down. They quiet us. They quiet our hearts. You know, probably everybody's had that experience of, I mean, like you you have like a long day, and you're like, I just need to I just need to veg. You know, I need, I need to I just need to veg, and you go back and you get on YouTube or you get on the TV or you start get on Netflix and start watching a TV show, and like two hours later, you're like, I am more frustrated. Than yeah. I was when I began this. Like, I'm like I began, more tired. I don't yeah, have more energy. I don't have more energy. I began this to try to refresh myself, and now I'm just tired. And I think a book doesn't do that to us all the time. That's not to say that like a movie can't refresh us, but I think there is something very beautiful about a book. Movies, right? I mean, everybody's had this experience. You go into a movie, you have a Pretty good idea of what's going to happen. You might not know all everything. There might be a couple, you know, turns where you're like, wow, that was crazy. But for the most part, you yeah. know what
0: you're getting into. And you know? books don't have trailers no. that tell you this is what's going to happen. But yeah. movies, you can watch a trailer and be like, okay, I, I, I know the whole story. Because <laughs> for some reason, the, the trailer people decided to basically give me the entire movie. Yeah. All right, so you have some quotes about books and about spiritual reading that you want to share?
1: So we published the works of St. Jose Maria Escriva, a Spanish saint, um, a modern saint. Um, he wanted just regular people to, people that just worked in regular jobs, know that, you know, in, no matter what field of work that they worked in, they could draw near to God in that place. They didn't need to become a priest or a religious to draw near to him that they could draw near to him and have that intimacy with our Lord no matter what they did, no matter where they were. but he wrote a quote and I, I it's a very beautiful quote that says don't neglect your spiritual reading. reading has made many saints. It's a quote that we use at scepter. I mean we use it on our website we use it on a lot of the marketing material that um, I put out there. it's
0: spiritual. Didn't Brandon vat write a book called The Books that Saints Read. Or something like that? I think so. Yeah. Because it's so interesting reading a saint was it in a and big, seeing it was what an they were reading. Yeah. I think it was like an ebook. I think okay. I downloaded it, actually. I think it's only like 35 pages or something. Uh, and it just lists the books that canonized saints read. And a lot of them, no surprise, are books by other saints.
1: I heard something even last night. There was a talk that Father Jacques Philippe, one of our – he's our premier author – gave on personal prayer and and, uh, personal intimacy with our Lord. And something he said at the very end, it was a question. Someone had asked about like contemplative prayer, like what is contemplative prayer? And he ended up saying that, you know, contemplative prayer is just being in front of our Lord and him just being with us. Nothing is needed. True contemplative prayer, like nothing is needed. It's just like this, this intimacy with our Lord where, the soul is bare before our Lord, and our Lord is pouring out His love and His mercy and His goodness upon the soul that, like, lies naked before Him. But it takes a while to get there. Every and and this is what I'm going to kind of go into more when you when you want you know the the books for Lent. I think every reading that we should do, there should always be a spirit of discernment that surrounds and just asking the holy spirit you know holy spirit please come like you know grant me light to know what it is that the father wants to speak to me what it is that you wish to speak to my heart and where you would like to guide me and what reading is is will lead me there
0: what would you say your five books for this lent are so your picks i just spoke earlier about kind of the discernment
1: with the holy spirit on what to read so i'd encourage absolutely everybody you know, for let discern with the Holy Spirit, like ask him, you know, Holy Spirit, please like show me that area of my heart that the father wants to speak into this Lent. And what is it that my heart needs to know? Is it, is it that God is merciful? Do I need to focus on his mercy? I need to focus on his goodness. You know, do I need to, do I need to focus on trust or humility? And the Holy Spirit will give you, I mean, God promised he'd, he'd let, you know, he'd give you light. So if you ask the Holy Spirit uh, to enlighten your heart, I say that to just say, look, these books I'm going to lay out or these things I'm going to lay out are not necessarily the ones you need to read for
0: Lent. Yeah. Pray um, about if these are the books or pray about if you already have a book that's been on your shelf yeah. for a while that you have been putting off or you need to revisit yeah. or it's going to be read the New Testament during yeah. Lent. So pray for the light to pick the right book. And here we go. So these yeah. are the top five books from a Faithful Catholic, great yes. young man who works at a Catholic publishing. Most of them are
1: actually from Scepter, except for one series of them. A uh, couple of them actually aren't. So, okay. So the first one is actually Narnia, Chronicles of Narnia. I had picked up Narnia during Lent, and it became one of those beautiful spiritual readings. That I've um, read in a very long time and I was again not totally expecting that but these children's books written for adults (laughs) yeah are just full of beauty and God's insight into who God is Mm -hmm. and the way that he relates to us and the way that he calls us to each be children of God children of the father
0: so that was where in the my... way in the ways that Aslan challenges oh, the kids. Yeah. in just three or four words. Yeah, C.S. Lewis is just a master at saying things concisely. So the, those books are so short, yeah. but so packed and fun.
1: Yeah, there's the I just finished the Voyage of the Don Treader again, and at the very end of it, he has that line where. And he tells Edmund, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but maybe I'm we're ruining right it. We're right in the middle of it. I've been reading it
0: to my girls. <laughs> oh, really? And we're in the middle of it. But go ahead ruin it. Do you it. know it? Do you know no, the end? No, no.
1: Uh-uh. Oh, I can't. I can't tell you that. I can't. It's too good of a It's too good of a <laughs> moment to be ruined. All, right. All right. Never mind. Uh, so beautiful moment Psych. at the end of The Voyage of Don Shredder. So you should read it. Um, That's book three. Book three. Yeah. The next one on my list is a book actually we published last year called Praying from the Depths of the Psalms. It's by Arthur that we started working with Father John Henry Hansen. He's a Norbertine monk out in California. Just full of scriptural and spiritual wisdom and depth. The title's really apropos from the depth of the Psalms. He really dives in and, and starts to show how the Psalms are the heart's prayer so when we read the Psalms, we're reading what the Christian heart cries out when it is in prayer. Uh-huh. So it begins to inform, and so he kind of goes through what the Psalms tell us about our hearts. And and in doing so, he just like wrenches open your heart, like wrenches it open and lays it naked before God. I mean, I found myself time and time and time again, just sitting in adoration, just like pouring my heart out after reading a line or a paragraph hmm. of
0: that book. And, and the Psalms, there's a Psalm for every human oh, emotion. Yeah. And these are the prayers that Jesus prayed too. So yeah, we're not going to exhaust the depths of those anytime soon. No,
1: no. And it, to kind of have a book that guides us through them and then to pray with the Psalms during Lent. Beautiful. The uh, other one. What's three? Number So three. number three, this is i uh, I'm going to kind of go with like a, Two parter. Oh, by the way, I was gonna do do like a three parter before that because they were all on prayer. So the other ones, and I'll just mention them briefly. Time for God by Father Jacques Philippe, an unbelievable beautiful book on prayer. And then call him. And it's f- short, very short. Yeah, yeah, really short. It's probably eighty pages. But one of the, I mean, he's been here in the Cleveland area giving talks, and um, you know, I, I don't think he'll hear this, so I'll, I'll say this on the podcast. But um, you know, I always wonder if someone's like genuine. Um, and in meeting him, yes. Like, very much yes. And not only that, I mean, I don't know why Scepter has been blessed with having him as an author. But I am very convinced just hearing him speak this whole week and the reading his books that like he is that next St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila for the modern world. He's a very simple, very, very simple priest.
0: Profound, profound writings. I gave one yeah. of his books to a, a college student here at St. Basil's, and she's not giving it back. <laughs> I said, I'll give this to you if you promise that after you read it, we'll have a conversation about it. And this was while she was on break. It's a short book. Okay. After whatever break it was, four to six weeks, she's like, I, I, I can't even, it's too, (laughs) it's too good. I'm not even, I just can't even. (laughs) She couldn't. So, so we still have a, have a day. We got to get together and talk because by now she should have finished it, but it was just so good that you read it and you put it down and you just, think and smile and are a little astonished
1: i've had a lot of people coming up to me this week like that talk spoke directly to me i don't know how but that whatever he just said was directly to me like yeah i mean i've been sitting there it was very spiritually renewing week getting to kind of hear him speak and tour around the area with him yeah i mean I, i cannot speak highly enough and yet what's so interesting you know there's catholic celebrity there's a genuine humility about him. He knows that God has given him this gift to be able to um, preach and to bring people the heart of the Father. He has just, but the humility of, like, he's willing to go where our Lord asks him to go. Like, he didn't write his first book because he thought that he had these amazing things to say. He wrote it because he noticed as he was doing retreats that people continuously kept asking him, you know, please, can you put these out on paper? Like that there was a great need for his first one was on peace. There was a great need in the church for peace and in our world for hearts to come to find and to receive our Lord's peace. And so he responded to that call and he wrote a book, just even the way he walks, talks, moves. Uh, he's just happy. He's like 75 years old. He's happy to do it because that's what our Lord is asking of him. He's an introverted guy. He's not someone that would naturally want to get in front of a crowd, I don't Uh think, and start talking, but he's doing it because this is what the Lord is asking. So,
0: so the guy we're talking about is father Jacques Philippe. Philippe. He is a priest from France And he's written how many? 12 books now. Okay, 12 books, and Scepter publishes a lot of them. So we publish 11 of his 12 books. And this is a a guy who is over here this week, as we're recording this, giving talks. He gave a talk at our Catholic seminary and at some different parishes. And so Michael here has been at all the talks. He was one of the people who helped bring him to America. And he's also been chauffeuring him around. So I'm telling you, Michael is just sort of, (laughs) as (laughs) he's sitting here with me, he's just... Glowing, just yeah. being in the presence of this saintly man yeah. who writes profound, short, yeah. affordable books. <laughs> yes. So check yes. him out. Yes. I mean, you would read, you would read his grocery list if you if you got a hold of it, you know, because there's something in there that's going to be awesome, you know. <laughs> Some, yeah. All right, yeah. go ahead. He likes <laughs> bread. <laughs>
1: Okay, so the ne- the the next category that I'll move on the last one I'll mention is Call Him Father. Beautiful book on fatherhood, God's fatherhood. So if that's something that's on your heart, um needing to experience the fatherhood of God, I think that's a very good book to experience the fatherhood of God. Very simple. It's
0: interesting you bring that one up because I bought that book. Yeah. Read it.
1: Wait, really? You bought that? Yeah.
0: And then I bought twelve more and <laughs> gave it to the twelve guys who did Exodus ninety with me. Really? Yeah. No way. Another really short book. Some of the chapters yeah. are two pages long. Yes. I mean, if you're not a big reader and you want to start a book in Lent that you'll actually finish in Lent,
1: Call some of Father. these
0: some of these books, yeah, Call Him Father, some of these Father Jacques Philippe books. Yeah. That book, the
1: Call Him Father one, kind of blew me away. I started reading it and like I was reading it just to like pull quotes. I pull quotes for I'm um, the marketing um Department at Scepter Publishers. <laughs> I am department. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so I started pulling quotes from it, you know, put on social media and stuff, and uh, just fell in love with it. I started reading it. As my yeah, I I didn't know you had read that book. Yeah, great yeah. book, isn't it? Totally. Yeah,
0: I actually got mad at myself when I was reading it because my daughters were at soccer practice, and I pull out a like one of those folding camp chairs and put it in the bed of my pickup truck, and was just reading the book, and I was like, I'm reading this way too fast. I get through like 30 pages and I'm like, this is not how you read this book. You know, <laughs> yeah. too much good stuff all at once drinking from a fire hose. All right, yeah. go ahead.
1: Okay. So next category that I have on here is, um, stories of the saints. So the, really quickly to g- begin with, I think fiction can be a really great thing to read during Lent. Um, just kind of to experience beauty to kind of come into an experience of just kind of natural beauty of, uh, the beauty of the human heart and in, in relationship to God. And, uh, then I think prayer. So those, those three books that we just talked about, and then this next category is stories of the saints. I think stories of the saints and their, their lives are really beautiful, um, and can really inspire in us devotion or love or faith or hope in God. So I have a couple books for the stories of the saints. Two of them I love that we do not publish, um, but it's called saints for sinners and saints behaving badly. Both of them. Fantastic. Saints for sinners is by Alban Goodyear, who's like kind of a very well-known spiritual writer. Just wrote a lot of very good spiritual books. And then saints behaving badly was written by a guy. I don't remember his name, but they're really short bite size stories of the saints that are fantastic. I was I was struggling with some stuff a couple of years ago and, uh, talked to Franciscan and of the renewal and out of New York city. And he just recommended, he's like, Hey, you know, he's like, you should read saints behaving badly. Like you're not so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, <you're, laughs> like just read that book and then, and then try to beat yourself up. You know, like, yeah. like you can't beat yourself up when you, when you read the lives of the saints, you realize like, gosh, we're all sinners here. Like we're all fallen. God knows that we're weak and yeah. we're fragile. Like he knows, he does, he understands, like he's merciful. It's why he's so merciful. And so to read the lives of the saints, I mean, you just find yourselves and, you know, there's different things will hit you. So I'd strongly recommend reading lives of the saints. Last one for the saints is um, Bishop of the Abandoned Tabernacle, which is is a book that we actually publish. It's on kind of a mix between interior life and a story of a saint about St. Manuel Gonzalez Garcia's. Uh, right when he was ordained a priest, he had this moving experience where he came to a church and the church was abandoned. Like the people had just abandoned their God. And he went and he, the tabernacle was covered in cobwebs and dust huh. and his heart like broke. And he just he just said to our Lord, like, nobody is keeping you company. Like, I will keep you company. I'll keep you company. And so he huh. began just this beautiful renewal of adoration. So in, who
0: wrote that book? The priest himself?
1: So uh, a lady named Victoria Schneider put it together. So she kind of put together. It's a it's a really interesting book because but it's, it's all true, all true, yeah, all completely true. It's sort of half his story and then half his writings. Huh. So it's um it's a kind of a unique book where you're reading about his life, but you're also reading a great deal of his his actual letters or writings. That's another one that was very beautiful. And then the last one is scripture or slash the way of the cross um to read the stations of the cross or to find a good reflection for the way of the cross for lent but the way of the cross the one that i used was uh the one by saint jose maria scriver that we publish beautiful reflections and the reason i did that one is there's actually he has like the meditation and then there's like five extra points of meditation after your main meditation and so it was sort of something where I was able to kind of walk through Lent. And then each week, you know, you read the – there's, what, 14 stations. So if you read two of them a day, then you're reading – you're get, doing the stations throughout the week. Um mm. And then that meditation, those five points of meditation line up with the five weeks of Lent. And so you take, you know, the first one, week one, and then, you know, when you get back to the first station, week two, you read – you. You reflect deeply on that second point of meditation, and huh. then you. So I, I really, I really enjoyed that. And um, but you know, you don't need to do it that way. I mean, you could do it any way you want. I mean, it's not a, you know,
0: you're free to do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you laid yeah, out quite like, a mathematical schedule yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> some people love that. Some people would feel quite constrained by it. Yeah. All right. So real quick, and I will put links to these books in the show notes of this episode which you can find at basilthegreat.podbean.com. Or, you know, why don't you just read them real quick? Just author oh, the so, whole list again, top to bottom real okay, quick.
1: Okay, top to bottom. So we've got uh, Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis, Praying from the Depth of the Psalms. That's by Father John Henry Hansen. And you have Time for God by Father Jacques Philippe or any one of his books. And then Call Him Father. And that's by Edward, Father Edward G. Maristani. And then there's the Stories of the Saints. And that's The Saints for Sinners. Albin Gutierre is the one who wrote Saints for Sinners. And then Saints Behaving Badly. Don't know where you can find it. Can't remember who wrote it. My friend took the book and never gave it back. <laughs> 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 um, finally, you have The Bishop of the Abandoned Tabernacles. You can find that through Scepter. And that's by Victoria Schneider. And then finally, the way of the cross uh, by Saint Jose Maria Scriva or any other way of the cross, the one by Saint Jose Maria you can find through Scepter.
0: Okay. Um, so in a moment, we're going to do some tips to read more because I want to read more. Most people want to read more. Yeah. And I have some practical tips I've gathered and taken from some other folks. And I want to share those. But first, one more quick word about Saint Jose Maria. Yes. Okay. There is some special relationship with your publishing company and him, and he is so quotable. Yeah, and he is yeah. a manly man. Yes. Am I right? Yes, yes. He's um, I don't know. He
1: could probably be up there if there was like an award for the most quotable saint out there. He might, he might, he might take the cake. I mean, he's got three books of just quotes. You know, the way, the furrow, and the forge are collections of his quotes.
0: And he's very contemporary. When did he die, do you know? Uh, 19...
1: I'm going to get this wrong.
0: Maybe the 19... Just the decades. by the 70s. Okay, so... Yeah? He was alive when many of you listeners were alive. Yeah. And... Uh,
1: he was, I think he was canonized in the 90s or early 2000s. You can see photographs yeah. of he's,
0: him. Yeah. Super So if you've never heard of him, check him out. He is yeah. a canonized saint, and he... And he lived just just fifty years ago. Yeah. All right. So tips to read more, and I found this shocking. Okay, according to research, Americans read an average of twelve books per year.
1: I think that's actually pretty good.
0: But that's not the average American. Uh, yeah, I know. So the <laughs> the like median or whatever it would be, the typical American reads four books a year. But, but then there's other man. people who are reading fifty books a year. So that's why the average is like up at twelve. <laughs> but a quarter of Americans read zero books. Yeah, so
1: that's pretty, that's a lot I mean, four books a year is is You know, I, you can't really Hate on that, I mean, four books a year is yeah, One book a bad. season, you know yeah. f- Spring, summer, fall, winter, you know, you're picking up a book During each one of those seasons. I mean, that's not bad, a quarter of Americans Reading zero books a year You know, I, sh- I shouldn't scoff at that Because there were years of my life that I didn't read a single book Right So I will not scoff at, you know, anybody that has, has not read a book My brother hates reading He's probably read like two books in his life he just doesn't like reading. Yeah, he, it's, it's not like,
0: for everybody. Yeah, and that's but okay. that's why audiobooks can be a thing. Podcasts, I And mean, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. That's why music is a thing. I think that's why there's a lot. of Art, I think you know, you're going to... But if you want to read more, the number one tip is make time. The number two mm. tip is you're not going to make time because if you had wanted to, you already would have. Okay, and you'd be reading as much as you want. So the problem is we don't know how to really make time to do those things. So <laughs> number two... A real tip is always carry a book around with you. So this is the backup plan for when you fail on the first tip and you don't make the time. Always carry a book with you in the car or a doctor's waiting room or say you show up early to some place you're supposed to be and you're just in the parking lot. You can just read 10, 15 minutes there and you'll find yourself getting through the books. Yeah. And this is especially easy when you read with an e-reader or a tablet or a phone Instead of just checking the same news headlines that were there two hours ago, read a book. Next tip is to set goals for each reading session. And that's saying, okay, I'm going to read this many pages. So maybe that's 20 pages. Or that can look different. And you're just going to say, I'm going to finish this chapter before I'm done with this reading session or before I go to bed. And one of the nice things on e-readers, and if you read on your phone, is it'll read out the percentage of the book that you have read. So then you can say, okay, I'm going to get, I'm at 33% right now. I'm going to get to 40%. (laughs) Like, that's my goal. I'm not going to fall asleep until I do it. And then you'll find yourself getting things done. The other thing I know, at least on the Kindle app, it'll tell you how many minutes you have left in a chapter. So when it says eight minutes left in the chapter, because it's keeping track of how fast you're turning pages on the phone. So then you can say, oh, Uh, I've only got eight minutes, end of the chapter. So then you finish the chapter instead of just stopping where you were.
1: That's a really neat feature. Yeah. It's pretty handy.
0: Next is mark up your books and highlight them or underline them or bracket things. And this will help you get more out of what you're reading. And if you get more out (sighs) of what you're reading, you're more likely to read the next book because you know that you got really got something out of reading that last book
1: i love that quote that you put there like if um if you're if a book is if you're not reading a book
0: twice if the book is not worth reading twice it's not worth reading once yeah and i came up with that and then found like two days ago when i was sending you this that (laughs) like oscar wilde or something said basically the same thing or i don't know who it was it's just lewis says the same thing and said it better (laughs) you know Hey, that's um, pretty well said yeah. though. I
1: mean don't 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 <coughs> diminish like it. don't diminish that.
0: Probably ten years ago I heard this tip and I thought it was totally dumb when I heard it, but now I have never stopped doing it, and that is read multiple books at once. And I thought that is a ridiculous idea until I tried it. In this way, if you have a couple different books you're reading at the same time, you may be in the mood for something fun, mm. fiction. Chronicles of Narnia, for instance, or you may want to read some apologetics. So you got to have your brain sharp, you know, and just based on your mood or how much time you have, just how you're feeling that day, what time of day it is, you can pick up book A rather than book B. And I just find myself getting through books faster if I'm reading multiple books at once.
1: I like that too. I mean, that's definitely a, you know, discerning where your heart's at, especially with, you know, we've been talking about spiritual reading. That's definitely like a discernment process of, you know, okay, like, what am I going to take to spiritual reading today? You know, what am I going to take to the Adoration Chapel? I literally have a friend, and we'll get into this when you, you ask me my favorite books. I have a really good friend of mine who just uh, wrote a senior thesis out at Wyoming Catholic College. When I was out there my freshman year, we both fell in love with Homer. Like, fell in love with Homer and the Iliad and the Odyssey. But um, he was t- telling me yesterday, I was talking to him, and he goes, you know, you know, people sometimes laugh, but he'll take Homer to Adoration, And he's praying with some of the stuff that Homer is talking about. So, I mean, don't think that, you know, just because something is, you know, not what you think it's, you know, going to make for spiritual reading that. The
0: next tip I have uh, disobeyed, and that is pick a purpose for reading and to know what you're trying to get out of it. Hmm. Because I have just looked at my bookshelf and say, oh man, I, I need to read some books. And I haven't read all these books on the shelf and I paid the money to buy them. So I'm going to read it. And it's like the purpose of reading the book is to have read the book so that I can say, I read the book. I've read the book and that's it. And it's like that. That's not the right reason. You know, <laughs> I like that. I mean, I, re- I really like that point, but it's yeah.
1: Yeah. I get it. Yeah.
0: All right. Last tip is to practice articulating the main points of a chapter or of a book or of a quote practice articulating those main points in your own words and this way you will feel like it wasn't a waste of your time to read yeah that's that's great all right so on our way out of here michael miramy just tell us your favorite author of all time or book of all time
1: so i i broke it up again into my favorite fiction and then my favorite uh non or my favorite spiritual writers as i spoke about homer hands down i think everybody should read him at some point read him with a certain view i was once given a quote which is what set myself and my uh, very good friend who just finished this on this whole path which was that don't ever discount the holy spirit when it comes to homer as in if god is preparing the whole world for the coming of his son do not think that there were not certain people and certain writings in the ancient world that prepared the people for christ and his message
0: all right that's Pretty, compelling. It's pretty compelling. Pretty good.
1: I like it. There's yeah. And the other reason that's very believe very very probable, is that he was read like the Bible was read in the for the Jewish people. The Greek people read him and quoted Homer like the Christian Christians quote scripture. I mean, so I yeah, very awesome. Oh. C.S. Lewis is the next one. I mean, pick up anything by C.S. Lewis. He's great. He's awesome. And then Tolkien. I mean, you can't really go wrong with Tolkien. My favorite one by Tolkien is "Leaf" by Niggle. If um, have you read that? Yeah. Oh my! God. I wept, wept when I I ended up finishing that. I mean that.
0: Oh my gosh! It's a short story. Yeah. Yeah, it's free. You can find it on the internet. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. awesome.
1: And then um, spiritual reading. Put down uh, Father Jacques Philippe. Um, I've, I've read a lot of his books and just loved them. And then someone, uh, Ronald Knox, actually. He's a Anglican convert, um, converted a little bit after St. John Henry Newman, um, but brilliant preacher. So I found a lot of, I absolutely love him. His homilies are very profound and can be found on Amazon if you just search like Ronald Knox homilies. Beautiful, beautiful homilies. Um, the one that I'd recommend starting with is this homily called The Window and the Wall. It's a Eucharistic homily.
0: I have uh, his commentary on the Gospels, but I haven't read it.
1: Really? Yeah. That'd be good. I I don't have his commentary on the Gospels. That'd be awesome. Final one is Francis Thompson, who is a poet. My favorite spiritual reading poets in the world. Absolutely beautiful. So is he my, the Hound of Heaven one? Hound of Heaven, yeah. Okay,
0: that's the only thing I ever read by him. Yeah,
1: that's an epic one. That's a good one. Little Baby Jesus is one that he wrote. It's just a little beautiful. (laughs) uh,
0: I think it's Little Baby Jesus. (laughs)
1: Uh, But yeah, there's there's some great ones.
0: All right. The book that I recommend most, just having been a youth minister and working at a parish, the book I recommend most is Because God is Real by Peter Kraft. He's my favorite author. I. Have thirty five plus of his books, and I went and heard him speak at Steubenville once. This is when I was youth minister. I took some teens down to to hear him speak, and I I made a pen for him because I have a lathe and I make wooden pens. No way, no no way. That's awesome. So I'm like, what am I going to give this pen to this guy? You know, who wrote all these books? And I was hoping, like, maybe one day he will write something with that pen on a napkin that will one day make it in one of his books. (laughs) But I was like, you know, after this talk that he gives, he's just going to be mobbed by people. So I'm like, I'm going to go find him before he gives the talk because we showed up early. And I don't know that everybody who came to see him knew who he was or what he looked like. So I found him in line for the bathroom. (laughs) It was like a really long line. (laughs) This is like an eight person line. So I get in line behind my favorite author and I'm like so hi, I made you a pen. <laughs> right in the back. And I told him, it wasn't in the bathroom. Okay. Wait, wait. It was outside the bathroom, in line for the bathroom. And I was like, yeah, and, and I told him, I was like, maybe, you know, it'd be, maybe it be. maybe one day you'll write something that'll make it in one of your books and you'll write it with this wooden pen that I made you and I'm going to leave because this is the most awkward. Come on. I bet he's written God. something with that. You're telling me that's <sighs> one
1: of those things that it. Uh, I mean, like you have like one of those nice wood pens or something like that. That's kind of a. I made this one. Really? Yeah. I've been actually looking at that the whole time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. So that is it. So be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Certainly share this episode on those social media accounts because we want people to have a very fruitful Lent spiritually. And Michael didn't come here to just plug a publisher and, and make money. The reason he knows so no. many of the books from that publisher is because he works there and he has to read them. So <laughs> it makes sense that he would know yeah. what's good from that publisher. So what's Scepter's website?
1: Yeah. So Scepter's web <laughs> website
0: is just pretty simple.
1: Uh, it's scepterpublishers.org. So awesome. scepterpublishers.org. And you can find, I mean, lots of different stuff on there, but um, yeah. Yeah.
0: I just signed up for their like daily quotes. quotes. Yeah. Yeah, that's mainly why why I'm reading a lot of
1: those books. So I um like I said, I'm the marketing department. So I um <laughs> those quotes are something I really wanted to start probably about a year ago, I think last January first of last year. And I gotta say that list, that email list has just boomed. Um I think there's a desire for spiritual reading and just kind of things to chew on a little bit um yeah. your days. So In I started
0: little, little bite sized pieces. Yeah. Well, if you listener, especially if you're from around St. Basil's, we have this texting program, and the reason I bring it up is because it has to do with those quotes. So if you text the word Basil, B-A-S-I-L, to the number 84576, I think that's it. <laughs> but the real full <laughs> you gotta, you instructions. Get that one right. you gotta, it's like we didn't know the marriages for Grace website. I don't know yeah. the text. So I should know this. <laughs> Yeah, 84576, text the word BASIL, and you'll get signed up for our twice-a-week text message. That's how you know we're not plugging things, though.
1: Like, we just don't (laughs) know what we're plugging. Like, we just don't even know how to get you to go do what we want.
0: (laughs) You'll get a text message every Tuesday at 1 p.m. with one quote, and it's just a spiritual line, and that's it. And it's 160 characters or less because we can't send more than that, all right, with the program we use. And it's just one thing to sort of stop you in your tracks midday, midweek with something to get you thinking spiritually. That's great. And that's free. I'll send that to you. Come right to your cell phone. And then on Wednesday evenings, you get another text message at 7 p.m. with a link to a Catholic video of the week. That's great. The instructions to sign up for that texting program. And it's really only two text messages a week, one Tuesday afternoon, one Wednesday evening. You can find those instructions in case I messed them up at basilthegreat.org <laughs> slash text. All right, that is enough. So pray every day and read the Bible and go to mass every week at least and head to confession once a month. And if you do all that and do a retreat or a pilgrimage every year, then your spiritual life will not slide backwards and it will not plateau and you will grow closer to our Lord in this life. And in the next, Michael Marami, thank you so much for being here and spending this time and sharing your thoughts and your picks. And I hope everybody has just a tremendous, fruitful Lent. (laughs) All right? God bless. God bless, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brecksville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.